We need to relate God's truth to others and we need to be willing to reason with others. Not only in the sight of others, but also knowing that we are doing this in the sight of God himself. As believers, they were concerned about their conduct before others, but also their conduct before God. Understanding that they represented Jesus Christ in every area of their lives. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Today we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. As we continue to journey through the book of 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Paul, in both of these books, he is addressing the challenges of his day that the people were facing within the church. And a lot of their challenges dealt with people coming in from the outside, masking themselves as believers and teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, they actually had caused the people to put a veil, we looked at that last week, to put a veil over their face. They could no longer clearly see Jesus because they were clouded with traditions. They were clouded with teachings that were not part of the very word of God, but actually the traditions of men. And we find here in the 21st century that we have these similar veils that have been placed over people within churches sometimes with good intention, but they actually cause a veil to go over the eyes, blinders to go over the eyes, that they no longer see the truth of Jesus Christ. We know, and we closed last week, acknowledging that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a ministry of transformation, taking ordinary people and molding them into the glorious image of Christ. But true liberty does not come from political or religious systems within this world, but by the grace of God through faith in his son, our savior, Jesus Christ. With this understanding, Paul, Timothy, and their missionary team, well, they preached the truth of the gospel in order that the light of Jesus might shine upon the hearts of others, that they too might be saved. That should be our purpose to present the gospel of Jesus Christ that others might come to the saving faith that only Jesus can give. But sadly, just as in our day, so it was in Paul's day. 
Though many preached, they were preaching something other than the gospel. Yet Paul encourages the church not to lose heart, for the mercies of God is being poured out into the lives of those who believe in his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So today, we're going to look at a message that I, again, just taking the title from the passage itself. Earthen Vessels is the title of our passage today. Looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to see that we preach Jesus, verses 1 through 6. We live Jesus, verses 7 through 15. And we hope in Jesus, verses 16 through 18. I'm going to go ahead and read our first point, verses 1 through 6. We preach Jesus, and I'll open us in prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given us, a day that you have allowed us to gather together, whether in person, on radio, or through our Facebook feed, Lord, you've allowed us to gather to worship you, to look into your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand that we preach Jesus. We are to stand upon the gospel of Jesus Christ and no other. So help us to see, Lord, that which the Holy Spirit instructed for the church of the first century Lord, it's a message that still needs to be heard here in the 21st century. Lord, help us to be those earthen vessels that desire to live Christ before others and before our Father in heaven, God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Chapter 3 closed with Paul reminding the believers that when we turn our hearts, our minds to Jesus, the veil of obscurity is taken away. That veil that had obscured God's redemptive plan is now removed. As I mentioned last week, to this day, people's minds and hearts have been veiled from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this veil can come in many different forms. It can come in a form of humanism that looks to humanity to save rather than God. It also comes through various religions in our world that often fall short of believing and surrendering their hearts and minds to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, unlike the various humanistic or religious systems in our world, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is a ministry of transformation. It's a ministry that takes ordinary people like you and like me 
and molds us into the glorious image of Christ. So Paul declares, having received such a ministry through God's great mercies, Paul and his ministry team, they did not lose heart because of the great toils that are found in this life. Instead, this is what they did. They renounced, they refused, they rejected, they related, and they reasoned. This is what Paul tells us. They renounced the hidden things of shame. They refused to walk in craftiness. They rejected the deceitful handling of the word of God. They related the manifestation of the truth and they reasoned with others in the sight of God. Part of the ministry of the gospel itself is part of renouncing, refusing, and rejecting the systems of this world that goes counter to the very word of God. But it's not just about renouncing, refusing, and rejecting. Renouncing the hidden things of shame. Refusing to walk in the craftiness of this world. Rejecting the deceitful handling of the word of God. It is also relating and reasoning. We need to relate God's truth to others and we need to be willing to reason with others, not only in the sight of others, but also knowing that we are doing this in the sight of God himself. As believers, they were concerned about their conduct before others, but also their conduct before God, understanding that they represented Jesus Christ in every area of their lives. Paul would later write in his last epistle, he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourselves, approve of God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So in this life, we discover as believers, there is this process of renouncing, refusing and rejecting. When speaking about the systems of this world, that goes contrary to the very word of God. But also, we need to be willing to relate and to reason, relate the truth of God's word and to reason with others concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul says in verses three and four that we preach the gospel. Even if our gospel is veiled, he said it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Even though they sought to openly share the gospel, Paul recognized that a veil of darkness had covered their eyes of those whom they had related the truth. They spoke the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to others, and yet this veil was over the eyes of many. They did not receive the truth. We find this to this day, that you can speak the truth concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ, but the veil is there, the blinding of the eyes, the veil upon which those who are perishing without Jesus, we discover it comes as a result of the God of this age, that is of Satan. As he attempts to blind people from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to keep them from coming to God and the light that would shine upon their lives. Why is Satan able to blind the eyes of unbelievers so easily? Well, Paul tells us a little bit of this in Romans 1.28 where he says, 
They're able to blind these eyes because they did not retain God in their knowledge. Therefore, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. For many people, they did not retain God in their knowledge. They rejected the truth of God's word. Whether in our society today, many have never been taught concerning the truths of God. And, and we find that in our own nation that these truths now, which used to stand as the foundation of this nation, are now being rejected within this nation. If Satan can blind the eyes of so many in our world, it could cause us to maybe ask, what hope do any of us have when sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to others? What hope can we have? Well, first of all, know that when you share the gospel, you're sharing the truth of God's word. When you share the gospel, you're sharing truth. And truth often can penetrate a darkened heart. Also, remember that when you share the gospel, I hope that you are using the word of God in the process of sharing. Maybe even taking the verse that we all know, John three sixteen, and saying, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Once again, we use the word of God when we share because we know that God's word is truth. And once again, truth often is able to penetrate darkened hearts. We also share because we understand that the Holy Spirit is there working with us not only in our lives, but working in the heart of others when we speak to them. We never know the impact that we can have, nor do we know the work that God has already done in a person's life preceding our ever making contact with them. There was a, a time many years ago when I was an interim pastor over in Zion that there was a man at the end of the service came forward to surrender his heart to Jesus, which was wonderful. I love when those things happen. Now, the process of the whole thing, when I learned his story, I realized that he was waiting for me to get to the invitation. And it really had nothing to do with anything that I said or any song that we sung or anything that happened in that church service that day. God had woke him up early that morning and done a work in his heart that he knew even before he came to church that he needed to surrender his heart to Jesus. The work had already been done. All he needed was a platform, someone to say, would you come? And when I said, would you come? He came. It had nothing to do with me. The Holy Spirit had already been working in his heart. And you never know where... The Lord may lead you to speak to someone that the Lord has been already investing and working for years in someone's life that he allows you to reap the harvest where the labors has been done by so many others before. Satan can blind the eyes. And though Satan, the God of this age, is able to blind these eyes of those whom we want to speak the truth realize that Satan is not the God of all creation. Even though Satan has a light that can deceive many, there is only one true light which gives light to every man who has come into this world. 
That true light is Jesus Christ. We know right now it's a little after 11 here, or after 10, as we have morning on this side of the earth. We know it's dark somewhere on the other side of the planet. Although it's dark on the other side of the world or at night, when it's dark here, we know there's light somewhere else. The sun never stops shining. The sun is always shining physically upon this earth. In the same way, just because there is darkness in the heart of an individual, the son of Jesus Christ, God's son, Jesus Christ, is always shining. And that truth just needs to shine through. His rays are, of truth are ready to shine upon the heart of those who have been darkened with sin when they open their lives to him. And as believers, we need to remember that though Satan is the God of this age, the Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. We preach Jesus Christ, verses 5 through 6. We do not preach ourselves, but... Christ Jesus the Lord, ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We do not preach ourselves. We are, Paul says, we are bondservants. The Greek word is doulos. It means to enslave, to be under bondage, or to be a servant. They did not lift up themselves. They did not lift up their ministry, but they preached Jesus Christ. They lifted up Jesus before others. Here's the thing about being a servant that we perhaps don't rightly understand today. But Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter 17, verses 7 through 10. He reminded the people of those who were servants that Jesus compared a master and his servant. Whenever a servant was out plowing the fields, perhaps the work being very hard, maybe he was tending the sheep, we would imagine that watching sheep might be a little easier than plowing fields. It didn't matter. When their workday was done, they would come in, and they first had to provide for the master to make sure the master was provided for, that his meal was provided for before they could sit and eat. When they worked in the field, they didn't come home to the master and the master said, oh, you worked so hard. Let me get supper for you tonight. No, it didn't work that way. Servants were servants. 24 hours a day, they served their master. Only after their master was cared for were they allowed to eat and to drink. And the servant did this because it was their duty. And likewise, as servants of Jesus Christ, we are to do our duty until the Lord calls us to the marriage feast of the Lamb. Until that day, it's our duty to serve He who has given His life for us. He said, we did not preach ourselves. We preached Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 16-18, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me, yes, Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, 
I have been entrusted with this stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse the authority of the gospel. We preach Christ. We preach about and we serve Jesus Christ, understanding that the same God who said, let there be light, has shown his light into our hearts. For the light of God reveals at least two wonderful things we read in this passage. It reveals to us the glory, the knowledge of the glory of God, but also the face of Jesus. Paul tells us that this light reveals the knowledge of the glory of God, but it also reveals to us the face of Jesus. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5 verses 8 through 10, You were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You were once in darkness. We were not born Christians. No one is ever born Christians because we have to each one personally receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. We can be born into a Christian home. But we are not born physically into the faith. It's a spiritual birth. As Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. God shines his light into our heart that we might share this truth with others. God shines that light into our heart that we might know his son. We come to faith in Jesus Christ, but we're not to contain the light. We're not to hide it. We're to share it with others. One author put it this way. God does not shine in our hearts simply to give us this knowledge, but rather that through us the knowledge might shine to others. We are not the terminals of our blessing, but the channels. We are the channels. We are the outlet through which that blessing can flow to others. Paul's own life was a great example of this. Before he'd come to faith, Paul traveled the road to Damascus with a veil of darkness over his eyes. Yet when the light of Jesus Christ shone upon his life, Paul no longer sought to destroy the Christians, but became one of the biggest and brightest stars that they had. That we live in these earthen vessels. But in these earthen vessels, we preach Jesus in order that the light of Jesus Christ might shine upon others. We are not to contain the light of Jesus as believers, as followers of Christ, just to have this knowledge locked up within. We're to let it out. We're to share it with others. We preach Jesus that others might have the light of Jesus shine upon their lives. We live Jesus in order that the power of the gospel might touch the hearts of others. And we hope in Jesus because we realize that in this life, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We live Jesus. We hope in Jesus because it helps us give a proper perspective of this life that it's only temporary. And for me, it's a little more temporary than it used to be. I'm looking forward to the work that God would have me to do until he calls me home. 
but also looking forward to that glorious resurrection that awaits me and those who have their faith in Jesus Christ. We preach Jesus, and I hope that you have received the mercies of God through the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we close out this time of worship with a song today, Lord, my heart's prayer, Lord, is for everyone who's hearing my voice this hour or perhaps listening later in a recording, Lord, that though they understand that our bodies are these earthen vessels, Lord, if their vessel is filled with the things of this world and not with Jesus, I pray, Lord, that they would this day surrender their heart to you, that they might know the salvation that can only come through you. Just as Paul came to this understanding, Lord, just as many of us here in this church have this understanding, I pray, Lord, that we would be those who would be willing to preach Jesus, to live Jesus and hope in Jesus that others might come to this truth as well. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Let God.